It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. This week's episode is brought to you by Blue Harvest Vintage. Are you a collector? Blue Harvest love to help you find that missing piece you need to complete your collection. They have extensive stock of vintage Star Wars vehicles and mint-on-card action figures, as well as new The Force Awakens and Black Series items. Blue Harvest have Funko Pops, Lego, Dinky, Corgi, Matchbox, and more. Everything a collector could possibly need. If they don't stock it, then let them know, and their knowledgeable staff will be only too pleased to help. Head to Morley Market in Leeds to see the life-size Darth Vader. Alternatively, reach out to Blue Harvest on Twitter, at Blue Harvest UK, Facebook, Blue Harvest Vintage Collectibles, a website, blueharvestvintage.co.uk, or email at blueharvesttoys at gmail.com. This is Talk Star Wars. The official podcast at talkstarwars.co.uk. Welcome to Talk Star Wars. I'm Mark. I'm Steve. And um, I'm Paul. And Sorry, there's... I cut you off mid-Stephen there. I missed Steve. out the end. It's quite all right. <laughs> yeah, you can call yourself Steve if you want. <laughs> I, I, it's only because I was thinking naked Steve and I forgot <laughs> my own end. <laughs> no Paul this week. Uh, should we take you know, that I'm again? Here. No, let's I am do it. Here. No, There's no I'm Rob here. this week because Rob's on holiday, so it's just us. That's probably why this has gotten off to such a rocky start. Um, uh, people like it like that. He's the, he's the, yeah, the he's sign. He's the glue that holds us all together. Um, welcome to episode 38 of the podcast. Can you believe it's episode 38 already? Goodness me. Blimey. On the week that uh, has absolutely no Star Wars news whatsoever. It's been a ridiculously quiet week this week. So will we be doing origami this week? That's basically, we're just going to do an intro and then an outro and go home. <laughs> That's basically what's on the, on the docket for tonight. And then there will be an interesting piece about useful knots in the garden. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Perhaps we should have you do that one week. 
Okay. No, it will not. Um, quick, let's do the announcement section very quickly, and we're going to start with something that's not in the show notes because I've just oh. been reminded that it's Paul's birthday tomorrow. Oh. Happy birthday to Happy Paul. birthday, Paul. I was born a long time ago in a galaxy, in a galaxy jar, jar away. Jar, <laughs> jar away. Well played. Blimey, Paul. It's Me's not... 21 again. We did briefly speak about age. And I'm Mexican. About <laughs> <age>. <laughs> oh, uh, happy birthday to you, Paul. I hope it's a cracking day tomorrow, mate. Oh, well, I'm at home, so it's all going to be good. Oh, well, by the time this podcast goes, it would have been a few days ago. So, <laughs> and you'll be back at work and it'll all be forgotten. Yeah, no thanks. Well, great day. <laughs> is, it, right. is it a case of when 600 years old you look this good, not you won't 700, be? 700, wasn't it? It's oh, close. I think it's 900. Oh. <laughs> Where's our fact yeah. checker? I didn't want to push it and call him 900 years old. but <laughs> well, You would have been right. It would have been more accurate. Okay. Collectively, quick, we're up to 900. A quick reminder that our uh, sponsors, Blue Harvest Vintage, are offering a 10% discount to anybody that goes into their store. And mentions Talk Star Wars. Um, I went on there the other day. That's a good little site. There's some cool stuff. It's great. On there. Some great stuff in there. I mean, like Rob was saying last week, ten percent discount there is not to be sniffed at because they've got some real vintage stuff. They've got mint on card collectible Kenner action figures. So ten mm. percent is significant. I think that's really quite generous of them. So um, don't be afraid to seek them out. All their details are in the intro. Go and find their Facebook page. Um, Okay, um, John Bon Jovi. Uh, John, John Bon Jovi. John bon, John bon Jovi. He sang Happy Christmas R two D two. So there is a there is even a Star Wars link there. He did sing about R two D two. He did. Yeah. John Boyega has just announced this week that he's doing um, podcast interviews as part of his press tour for Episode Eight. Um, wow. Needless to say. We well, have, I've given uh, him a call, but he's not answering. Yeah, we've thrown our hat in the ring, um, so we're trying to get John's attention as one of the hopeful podcasts. Um, I woke up the other morning, and already we'd had a couple of Talk Star Wars listeners sort of pitching for us. So a big yeah. thank you to Qui-Gon Reese, our friend Reese McMenamin, and uh, to Christopher White, um, who tweeted through tonight that they should that John should come on our podcast and talk Star Wars with us, which I think is fantastic. So thanks guys for the support. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, if you would like to help us get John's attention, you can do so by clicking a link in our show notes. You can download the show notes every week; they're hyperlinked in our description on the podcast. If you download the PDF, there is a link in there that says "Tweet at John." Just click that link. And it'll open up your Twitter account with a pre-written tweet, and all you have to do is fire that one off. That will really help get a bit of attention, I think, because if uh, every time you tweet, I retweet, and then he will see that tweet twice. So if he doesn't know who we are by now, <laughs> I don't know what it's going to take. But we'll, it won't be tweet one; it'll be tweet two. It'll be tweet two. Hopefully, it will be be tweet eight. Um, it would be great if we could get him on. And what I've decided to do as well is if we do get him on, get, we'll a, load, him. get a load of questions oh. from listeners to ask him. Absolutely. So people Best can... Show. Yeah. If he's going to be here, we'll open up the stage to everybody else so we don't have to do all the work and all uh, the research. I think, yeah, I think we're his style. I think he'd have a right crack. I think so. I think he'd love it talking to some good yeah. s- southern, southern English lads. We'll all do it naked. <laughs> naked John. Naked John. <laughs> naked Boyega. I don't know if that's really his... Uh, bag to be honest but we'll find out 
Well, we were all born naked, Mark. Yeah, maybe I should run that one past Lucasfilm before we get going. Um, <laughs> we haven't got any other announcements this week. Like I say, it's been a weird week. It's been dead quiet. So we haven't picked up any subscribers on YouTube or any um, Facebook um, likes. So we're just going to move straight into reviews, and we have one review, which is a holdover from last week because it hadn't been passed through yet, and it's on uh, it's on the US. No, it's on the Canadian iTunes stores. Five uh, stars. Worth nearly being banned, which is uh, it's our friends from it's Generation. <laughs> it's, this is because Robert Generation X Wing was trying to leave us a review, and uh, as he says in his review, this is the fourth, fourth time I've tried to leave a positive, clean review for this podcast. Apparently, fourth, using whole, wholesome barnyard noises is enough to get you flagged on iTunes. Um, I was just trying to take advantage of the Ron Burgundy review challenge, more on that in a second, and I think it was the rooster sound sound that got me flagged. I'll let you piece that one together. Um, but it was worth it just to simply say that this is the podcast where the discussions are insightful and creative and the hosts are very engaging in social media, which makes the show enjoyable. Utini, Rob from Generation X-Wing. Very nice. Thank you for that, and Rob. And he's so right about us being insightful and creative and engaging in social media. That shows that how insightful he is. Um, now, Rob is from Generation X-Men, and they're the newly minted members of the Star Wars Commonwealth. So they've joined us, the guys from Tumbling Tabor, to form this little alliance. I heard them talking about it on their podcast today. Yeah, We are a little alliance of uh, rebellious Ooh. podcasters that are just trying to support each other and cross-promote and sort of feed this fan frenzy that is Star Wars. Um, so, Rob, thank you very much for that. Now, in his review, he mentioned the Ron Burgundy review challenge. So, mm, what's that about? Basically, what I've said is I will read anything put in iTunes, just the way Ron Burgundy reads his auto cue. If you put <laughs> anything you write in your review on iTunes for this podcast, I will read as long as it's not hateful and as long as it's not laced with profanity because, obviously, we're a family podcast. Um, but anything else I'll put in there. So if you want to promote your own blog or podcast, that's the place to do it. If you want to wish someone happy birthday, happy birthday, Paul, that's the place to do it. If you want to, if you want to propose to somebody, stick it all in your five-star review and I'll read it on the podcast. It matters not to me what your agenda is as long as it's not hateful. Which it wouldn't be because the Talk Star Wars listeners, of course it wouldn't be. We're love. We're all about loving here. And I don't we'll... think it's an accident. It was the fourth time. Yes. May the fourth be with you. All right, let's jump into listener comms. Um, we've got a, a nice few uh, emails this week, and some of them are holdovers from last week as well because we were packed to the rafters last week. Uh, so oh, this one is from Nathan Roberts, who uh, says, I'm wondering what your guys' thoughts are on the alignment of force powers. There are certain powers that have been portrayed as being dark side powers, such as force lightning and force choke. That's the crushy thing, Steve. <laughs> the crushy um, throat thing. That's the mm-hmm. one. But how much do you think that depends on context slash intent? For example, suppose a Jedi wanted to use Force Lightning to restart somebody's heart or use Thought Extraction, which is the newest one, to retrieve lost memories from a willing subject. Was Luke's use of the Force Choke in Return of the Jedi a means to subduing the Gamorreans without starting a bigger fight that would have left them dead? I think the waters are pretty muddy in this area. Thanks, Nathan Roberts. This is a really cool question. Yeah, uh. I mean, to be honest, if a Sith does it, it's usually out of anger and I'm going to show you and that's going to be it. And you're going to learn them because you're dead (laughs) sort of situation where a Jedi doesn't do that because they're the the Buddhist cool guys of the the galaxy. So with them, it is a a less intended, you know, 
um, action, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, uh, I, I think, like the um, idea of I like the idea of someone doing um, you know resuscitation, the false lightning <laughs> thing. Typing, yeah, that's great. Yeah, Bloody good shot. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to be the recipient of that. <laughs> no. I think they're all capable of it. I, it's the same reason that 99% of us don't take a knife to a nightclub when we go out, and then the nasty people sometimes do, and they end up using them. Whereas, you know, some people don't even think it's got to that level that you need that level of violence or uh, weaponry. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you think about what Ben did in the land speeder. He, number one, he doesn't want to bring attention to the situation. So he could have probably choked whatever clone was inside the Stormtrooper's outfit. These are not the joys we're looking for, etc. But he chose, no, I'm just going to let you think. That's what you've heard and move along. So, Yeah, they, they choose it the... Is, um... It is context and it is... It, yeah. yeah, I mean, peace, you know, they're, they're, the, the Jedi are going to use it in a more peaceful fashion, I reckon, generally. The mind trick is a weapon, isn't it, in their eyes? And whereas the, uh, you know, Dark Lord would just go sod that i'm going straight to lightning i've got question i can use then. it i've got it i'm going to use it yeah question then when anakin i'm talking um you know teenage anakin when he was sitting on the fence mark can you remember an instance where he was doing something like this and teetering over the edge i can't recall one um there was the thing with the tuscan raiders in episode two ah yeah well he went over the top with that he, he went he? he went over the he went over the edge then, but he didn't did, he? But that was just fight, wasn't it? Wasn't that pure fighting? Yeah, well, it was. It was flat out murder, wasn't it? He didn't. They yeah. didn't. No, I'm just wondering. A, can you think? Of yeah, he used the lightsaber. It was about as asymmetric as it gets. Yeah, I mean, because if you think about it, the, the whole chokehold thing is not that much different to telekinesis, right? Um, you well, agree? Yeah. No, I think that that's. I think that's probably accurate. Yeah, telekinesis, and he uses it on Padme, doesn't he, at the end of. Um, Oh yes, he does when Revenge they're on the landing. Because that is kind of what. Yeah. That's kind of what kills her, right? Hmm. Yeah. Well, he didn't didn't have a scarf. <laughs> is that what kind of killed killed her? I thought I it think was childbirth. So. Yeah, in the end, yeah. Well, yeah, I think didn't she just sort of. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job; it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lose the fight to live. This would be a really good question, actually. I know we're taking a bit of a tangent off of, off of Nathan's um, email, but the I guess the argument for... Um, Padme losing her life could be that when the twins came out, all of their force, their presence within the force left her. So yeah. if she, if Anakin left her all but dead, when Obi Wan took her onto the ship, it might have just been the force uh, presence of Luke and Leia that kept her alive. And then when she, when they were delivered, that was enough for her to mm. die. 
and all this. Mm. She's lost the will to live, well, no, she just lost the force because obviously force. for that period of time she was strong with the force because she had those children and their metachlorian count inside her. Mm. But it'd be interesting to see what other people think of that. If you've got an idea, chuck that in. Mm. Um, Doctors would be helpful, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're getting a stream of um, messages from Christopher White coming through, actually, on iMessage. We'll have to get to those in a second. Um, what about this thing? We've spoken about this before, I know, and this might predate um, Nathan's um, listenership, but the Luke using the Force Choke in Return of the Jedi, that's a clear sign that he's gone to the dark side, do you not think? Even only um, temporarily. It's, no, it's, it's a clear line that he's walking the line. Absolutely, yeah. It's, why is it? It's this no. is interesting. You don't well, you don't agree, Paul? No, not at all. Not at all. It's, it's another ability. Whether you use it for light or for light or for dark is down to you as a you know Sith or Jedi. I mean, at the end of the day, these guys all have reasonably equal powers, but they use them for the for the better or for the worse, don't they? So you don't think no. that we're meant to think or we're meant to read Luke's? presence in Return of the Jedi as him being considerably darker than he was at the start of his journey he's considerably more powerful and much wiser I don't think he's darker no are you telling no are you telling me the guy on the on the skiff and the guy amongst the Ewoks is a darker character the guy you might have saw walking down Jabba's yeah the guy walk- is a darker character yes. but, no but that, that's that's an entrance isn't it that's cinematic yeah I don't think there's anything more than that oh okay I think okay. also he's um He's not using the force technically for an unselfish act because he's trying to essentially save Han, isn't he? So he's also not in the true sense of being a Jedi at that point. Yeah, but we've said this about Anakin as well, haven't we? His motivations in Revenge of the Sith were for the better good, for the greater good, weren't they? I guess, yeah. um, Yeah. Everything he told Padme, he wants to make everything the way he wants it to be so that no one... It's that he doesn't lose anyone again. He's already lost his mother. He he fears losing her, so he wants to take control of everything just so that he can he can enforce his form of what he sees to be just order. And that you know the the, the bad guy never thinks they're the bad guy. Oh no, the, everyone thinks they're the good guy. They're the, hero. the argument you're on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're the hero in their own story, right? Yeah, of course they are. And I think what we're seeing in Jedi, when we're seeing Luke use this force choke, I think we're supposed to... I've said this before, and I, 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 re, I really mean it. I think what we're seeing at the start of Jedi is Luke going to the dark side, and we're supposed to be worried for him. We're supposed to be petrified that we're starting to see him do things that we've seen Vader do. We already see the mechanical hand, the dark-coloured clothing, the dark uh, cloak... Suddenly, he's using powers that we've only seen Vader use at this up to this point. The choking. So there's, def- there's definitely something there, isn't there? You're seeing something I'm not. Perhaps we need to do an Which audio you- commentary and discuss it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if only we had some sort of means to get. Yeah, yeah. All I'm seeing is a guy that is um, not too. Should we say he's? He's creating an air of presence not to be trifled with. If you help me, I'll be gone. If you don't, you'll die. But he's basically coming across with this, look, I'm willing to play a fair game. Give me what I want and everything will be fine. You don't get that with Vader and Co. That's, but that's Anakin's motivation in Sith. What's that? Exactly what you just said. Give me what I want and you'll be fine. And if you don't, you'll die. That's Anakin's motivation in Sith. Yeah, but he's not exactly a Sith he's on one, the side of the Sith at that point, is he? He was one step away. 
Because yeah, I mean, half an hour later, I mean, he's in the black suit. Everybody in the galaxy holds a blaster, <laughs> don't they? And if I'm in trouble, you might die. <laughs> yeah, but the Jedi have been held to a higher level. I mean, this is a really interesting question. Yeah, uh, I just think it, the, in the, the Jabba's palace scene, I think Luke is simply creating an air of presence about him. Right. I, I never, for one moment, I mean, I'm thinking about it now, but I'm, I'm still latching on to the idea that it's darkness involved. Just ability and prowess and look where I am now. Yeah. See, we've we've spoken about this and taken it a little bit further, sort of suggesting that Luke might become this sort of mythic grey, almost like Gandalf the Grey, this grey Jedi, where he exists in both equal parts light and dark. And that starts in Jedi, when you start to see him sort of moving towards the dark, especially by the time he gets to confront Palpatine and Vader, and he uses all of his aggression and all of his hatred. Yeah, I mean, that's an instance where he's teetering over for sure. And the whole thing where Vader provokes him by threatening Leia? Yeah. You know, that's all the dark side fueling him there. But that's hate and desperation, isn't it? Which is where you normally succumb. Yeah. Yeah, I think think Mm. Nathan's right. I think the waters are really muddy in this area. Mm. It's kind of subjective. I'd like to hear what Nathan thinks, actually. Perhaps you want to drop us another line, Nathan, give us a bit of an idea about how you interpret that, because clearly we've got... Give us a call, we'll wait. Yeah, we'll wait. (laughs) (laughs) We'll still be here on Monday. That's great stuff. Thank you for that, Nathan. Right, That's a really cool question. We've got um, something from James at Tumbling Sabre. Who who would like to take that? I'll take this one. I'd like to take the quite gone recent. Go for it, mate. Good morning from the great white north. Another gem of a show last week. Managed to strike Mark's unfortunate Tolkien-related statements from my memory. Uh-huh. Perhaps they were force wiped. Who knows? Um, was I on last week? Did you make some horrible comments about this? Is a, this is a holdover from the week before. This is a holdover oh. from last week's show because we couldn't fit it in. And he's referring to the week before when you were off. Oh, okay. Where I'd made a nasty uh, comment about Tolkien. How dare I wouldn't have come on if I I'd know. known that. Um, it's been a while since we talked about the Paul O'Gram himself, the bad guy with a bad eye the villain who's been chilling, Snoke. My question is a simple one. If Snoke has a lightsaber, what colour is it? And will we see it during Ren's training? That's an interesting question. That's a great question. I I mean, they've done all the colours, haven't they? Don't forget his sign-off, Steve. Oh, sorry. There's another on a new page. Thanks, boys. James the Rappling Golfer. Rapping. Rapping Golfer. He's superb. You need to check out his, uh, his raps on YouTube. He's brilliant. Uh, okay. Such a talented wizard. Um, Is he the one that did the golf thing into the cup? Yes, that's it. Oh. Yeah, it's amazing. Now I know <laughs> we're talking about. Yeah. James from Tumbling Saber is awesome. Um, that's awesome. What that's colour... a great question because they've done them all, haven't they? What colours haven't we done? That's the question. i tell you what I want to see. I want to know. I'd love to see it when they're done. I want him to have a black one. Yes. I want... Well, I was going to say... That does exist. It's in... Oh. Um, what animated series is it in? I think it's in the... Clone... And you... It's in the Clone Wars. I think it's coming into Rebels. In you know what would be really cool? If his lightsaber actually cuts other lightsabers in half. Yeah. <laughs> so they're just left with a light stub. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's called a dark saber when it's uh, got the black blade. And it right. definitely oh, it uh, does yeah. exist. And that I was going to say white saber. Uh, why do white? it rhymes with lightsaber? Well, well, just got a lisp. Why not? Well, Jen <laughs> right. just said she whispered purple, but Mace Windu had purple, didn't he? He did, yeah. Maybe he's got Mace's. Yeah. Uh, maybe he is. Maybe Snoke is Mace. Now, yeah, there's there's a <laughs> prediction. Um, he's done. He's got all Michael Jackson on us. I'm going to go with black. I'm going to bet on black. 
because I think you're right. I think, Steve, with the white lightsabers, Ahsoka has two white lightsabers in The Clone Wars. So okay. they've very much become sort of the icon of her being pure and the light side. Um, and this guy is sort of darker than dark. So if he does have a lightsaber, and of course we don't know if he if he will have or not, um, I'm willing to bet on black. Yeah, black. So how do you see a black lightsaber? I guess you just see the outline, right? Yeah, it's like got a white outline to it. And then but it's just literally nothing. It's just black, nothing, no light or anything. It's like a black no hole. No light escapes it. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. That would look really cool. About, I like that. What about a transparent one? We have, you don't see anything. And I've got a transparent it. lightsaber. Prove that yeah, I haven't. That's, that's a different podcast, Mark. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Thanks for that, James. Great stuff. There's some, oh, whis- there's some whispering. What did I say about whispering? Jen saying, first of all, she said green. I said, no, that's Yoda. And then she asked a really good question. How do they stop the light coming off of the top of the side? How do they stop it at the end? It's a cat. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Just ruined the entire Star Wars <laughs> mythology. I don't know what. I don't know how to answer it. Does anyone know the answer to that? No. There force, you go. Force fields. Force. Yeah, some sort of force field. Force fields. So. Right before we get and, to um, Reese's question, I just want to tackle this one that's coming through iMessage while we've been recording. Um, oh, cool. I'm pretty sure it's kind of, there's no name. I suspect it's from Christopher White looking at some of the things he said in there. Christopher, if this is you, you'll have to let us know. Um, so his question is, why do so many people assume that there are no Jedi left at the beginning of A New Hope? Tarkin said their fire has gone out in the universe, yet was proven wrong by the end of that very scene. Obi-Wan said they're all but extinct. That's definitely a qualified statement. Yoda said uh, Luke would be the last of the Jedi, but wasn't. Yoda's wrong more than once. Um, and even if Yoda was correct, isn't the term Jedi pretty limiting? And that could come down to simply a semantic argument. It's like the term Samurai versus Ronin. Samurai are fighters who belong to a lord. Ronin are um, ask fighters. They don't belong to a lord. Yeah, Ronin are like rogue. Ronin are mercs, aren't they? Yeah, they're like rogue um, warriors. Um Ronan, oh, sorry, he's corrected, ask fighters. They are also fighters, yeah, but without a master. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure th- that terminology says Christopher White to me. There's no gif, and that would really give it away. But um, So what do we think? Why are we told that there are no Jedi, and then we've seen Luke, and we've seen Ezra, Kanan, numerous people have cropped up since those, since A New Hope. Why is everybody wrong? They've hidden themselves in the Force, and so they're not detectable by the dark side, so they assume there aren't any. And if they're in any kind of trouble, the one thing the rest of the Jedi are going to do is say, we don't exist anymore. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a Jedi, honest, Gov. I've changed yeah, That's what Yoda name. did, wasn't it? Yeah, he is, pointing to the guy next to you. Yeah, <laughs> I would say, I mean, he said it's a semantic, like using the term Jedi is a semantic argument. I think there's probably something to it. I mean, a Jedi would probably be the collective noun for a group of people that have passed through like this rite of passage training and they've gone through their trials and almost qualified in inverted commas um lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. To become a member of this order. Now, these people that are force sensitive, we're going we're gonna to see a bunch of them now in Rogue One, aren't we? Like Jirut, he's already, he's clearly a force worshipper and we saw one in The Force Awakens with Law Santeca. There's no indication that they're Jedi or that they're, using the force to move stuff or to use it in combat or whatever you but they're definitely part of that religion so could it be that the people we've met since a new hope are they would be jedi had they been subject to the same conditioning but as it is they're just strong within the force they're force sensitive people yeah i think you're absolutely right there so they're the wrong they are the ronin version of jedi aren't they yeah, a Jedi yeah. is a qualification. I don't know. It's the other thing is, I mean, it's just, it was a different different conversation, but don't forget Ben was very clever with the way he was like, you're going to have to get used to things being from a certain point of view, wasn't he? So even the way that we pick up information, it's you, know, you kind of have to tailor things to what you want them to be and what, as opposed to what they are on occasion. I don't know. So how you might describe them or how they might describe themselves. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's because I mean, obviously they weren't extinct. Yes, they were no, certainly the, diluted. <laughs> the Jedi Order had gone, hadn't it? It's a, so, it, I guess, as a recognized as a recognized um, body. entity. You mean? Yeah. yeah, it's a bit like I hate to draw this comparison because I haven't thought it through, and I don't, I don't really think it holds water one hundred percent. But it's a bit like um, the persecuted Jews in the Second World War when the Nazis sort of pursued these people, they had no choice but to hide their um, religious orientation to um, avoid persecution and avoid death. So with the Jedi, they've kind of... The order's disappeared, and then all these these Force-sensitive, like Kanan's the the key figure that crops crops up to my mind is he disappears. He even breaks his lightsaber in two, so it's not recognisable as a lightsaber. He keeps it on his belt, but you can't really see it's a lightsaber. So it's kind of like they are existing and they are practising the tenants, but they don't reveal themselves in that way. That's where I believe that's where mm. the names like Rosenbaum and things like that came from. It's where people could change their name, their, their Jewish names, and they still honoured their faith but they were able to do it in a way that was just under the radar, if you know what I mean. Yeah, um, and to be honest, the way Lucas works, you can almost guarantee that kind of situation may well be occurring. Yeah, because the, the, yeah. the relationship's there, isn't it, between Big time. The, the Empire are very much 
um, sort of this fascistic order, a bit like the Nazis, willing to wipe everything out, the xenophobic and hate-fueled. And the Jedi could be just one, you know, that's one faction in the Star Wars universe that kind of ties back to this real-world uh, comparison of the Jewish people that were persecuted and had to protect themselves by disguising who they are. And I wonder if that's kind of thing, like the Jedi would have disappeared, went up in smoke, but they still, those people still existed and they waited and they bide their time until... What's the um, time Luke. span between Sith and uh, about, Empire? I think it's about 19 years, uh, between the Sith and Empire. Yeah, when, when Joe, well, that's when they mentioned, that's when uh, we first kind of hear it. I know, I mean, even even Ben says, you know, they're almost they're all but gone now. Yeah, that's what... Um, this iMessage, which I believe is Christopher, that's what yeah, the, the iMessage says, all but extinct. Years for the extinction of a, of a realm is, is, is a pinprick. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's not, not... It's. I mean, you say realm, but I think that the number is, the Jedi Order is about 10,000 strong. So a lot of those would have gone during Order 66. And then Vader was responsible for going around and mopping the rest up. Mm, that's true, actually. Um, so, yeah, I like, I like that. I really like mm. that question. It's, it's when you think about it, it, kind of reframes the survivors, so that they they seem it's a little bit more daring for them. It's daring for Kanan then in Rebels to stand up the way he does, put that lightsaber back together and ignite it because he's outing himself mm. as this thing that they've all been passionately hunting down and murdering. Uh, it's a very evocative sort of. It's I was going to say, really does, he, does, he do it in a, does he do it in a certain manner of triumph as well? Yeah, he does it to protect. Yeah. The, um, the, in the, in the um, animated <clears throat> series, he's doing it. They're rescuing some enslaved individuals and they're backed into a corner and he's got no, you know, they're behind boxes with blasters and they're not really getting on very well. And then he puts his lightsaber together and stands up and makes, you know, makes that stand. It's a real hero moment. The camera swirls around him. It's fantastic. Um, but yeah, when you think about it a little bit more, it kind of gives that more weight. I'm actually going to have to go back and watch that again. That's a great question. <laughs> Christopher, that, if that was you, and I suspect it was, thank you very much for that. Very thought-provoking. Makes you, uh, it was a good question. Makes you wonder whether actually anyone can be a Jedi given the time and the inclination. Yeah. Like, if you really wanted to be a Jedi and you had a Jedi Master available... You need to and have a certain amount of force. Well, maybe, maybe if, even if you didn't, can you gain an modicum you could, of force? You could probably practice their ideas, but whether you can practice their abilities is another matter. This is the interesting concept, though. Come, will it yeah. decide to come to you? Yeah. Oh. That, well, that, if, I mean, we've got to acknowledge it because it's canon. The Metachlorians, so George's explanation is that you are genetically predisposed to be open to the force, right? That's one thing. But I think, Paul, what you're saying is going to be at the very heart of the new films that we're going to start seeing, starting with Rogue One. We're going to start seeing these Force acolytes that are that are using the Force, whether they realise it or not. If you look at Chirrut in, in the trailers for Rogue One, that's not just a martial artist. That's somebody on a, working on another level. And I think he's being guided by the Force, even though he can't quite do what Luke does. He's still using it to a degree. And maybe if he'd had the opportunity to train with someone like Yoda, that might have become something like Steve said, might have become something more potent. Mm. Um, I'm sure we're going to find out what that is. They, they look like they're willing to play with this idea now, with these new films. It was a bit ridiculous, wasn't it, that Lucas ever 
to decided to make it scientific instead of supernatural and spiritual. It took all the oomph out of it, didn't it? Because what you're talking mm. about normally is is heaven and hell, isn't it? That's what the dark and light is about, and that is yeah. the ultimate mythology, isn't it? It's the ultimate, ultimate super, supernatural. Well, I, I heard something spoken about earlier this week, actually, about how um, during the um, it was on MakingStarWars.net's uh, podcast. Now this is podcasting, where Jason Ward was saying that during the trench run, you've got Vader using um, the targeting computer. In fact, someone wrote into their show and asked this question, and I forget who it was. Um, he was using the targeting computer on his TIE fighter and he's like commenting on Luke and how the force is strong with him. Do you remember the scene I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah and then, yeah. and Luke shuts his targeting computer off. And Jason was saying that the, um, the thinking behind it was that at the time in the seventies, everybody was very fearful of automation. They were fearful of computers. It was, it looked like it was all going to be threatening jobs, especially in areas where they were auto, um, automotive, um, factories were suddenly being automated with robots and and um, computers. So that scene was designed to play on that fear that Vader represented this technological future and Luke represented this spiritual, holistic past. Because mm, we saw Vader as mostly cyborg in the first yeah, film anyway. and that's the thing. Yeah, you've got this part robot guy that's using technology to... to achieve his goals and then you've got Luke who's just sort of zenning out closing his eyes shutting everything mm. off shutting the world out and doing it spiritually that was meant to play into a very and the music went all eth uh, ethereal at that yeah. point as well didn't it so. exactly yeah and every, all the instruments kind of faded into the background you just had this little trumpet blast every now and then didn't you like this heartbeat um, that's playing into a very um, topical theme of its time and nowadays or back in the well, back in the nineties, when they made the prequel, we weren't. We were in the middle of it. You know, we we're a Generation X, and we just, you know, Y two K was coming. Everybody's on the internet. Everybody's adopted and welcomed with open arms this technology that we all feared twenty odd years before. We're addicted to it now. We're addicted to it now. We're doing this on it now. Yep. Um, so, to what Lucas used to his benefit in the seventies, suddenly he ran straight towards with open arms. Let's give it a scientific background because it gives it more credibility. Um, and now, obviously, we're coming out the other side where we don't really need that. We don't need either way. But we've got this synergistic relationship with technology now, and it doesn't really matter. We're not afraid of it because we're its master still, hopefully. Mm, uh, but, <laughs> so now we can go back to the spirituality because that, even that sort of... Um, there was a lot of cynicism 20 years ago about religion and spiritualism, wasn't there? There's a lot less of that now. We're, we're a much more open society. Mm, you can still, I mean, because you can still take it for what you want it to be. Because in the way it's described by Ben, it's this surrounding force. It binds us. It, you know, it's yeah. it's between all the spaces, between the tree. You know, and even Yoda talks about it as well. And when he's on Dagobah, which is just a bog hole, basically. Yeah. Um, but you can take it as you want. You can take it as this spiritual, uh, ethereal, sort of uh, misty entity that surrounds and binds us. Or you could just take it as an energy that does the same thing. Both of them are, it, it could be equally valid, but one is definitely of a spiritual nature the other one is definitely of a physical nature yes yeah i um, prefer the physical nature to be honest you do do you yeah i, I think i prefer the spiritual and probably because one of my favorite lines from 
um, all of Star Wars is Yoda's explanation when he's in Empire when he's kind of reached the end of his rope with Luke and he's getting frustrated with Luke's um, preoccupation with his physical being and his inability to transcend that and he sort of grabs his arm and he says luminous beings are we not this crude matter see Yoda's finally learnt what Qui-Gon seemed to know back in Phantom Menace that it's not what you are in the moment but it's what you are before and after in a more expansive form He's one with the living force at that point. He knows how to use it to his advantage. And if that's lifting something physically like he does with the X-Wing and Luke sees that and appreciates that for this wonderful feat that it is, or if it's the insight he has when he's advising Luke on how to tackle the tree cave, mm. you only you, what you take in with you will be used against you. He's, he uses it. It's knowledge and defense. It's just, I prefer that. I much prefer that sort of spiritual, mystical relationship with this thing that uncle george created very clever yeah so you're coming from i guess it's just the uh the fundamentalist atheist is inside me yeah and i'm an atheist i'm an atheist but i'm an atheist that would passionately love to be a more, more spiritual person contradiction well, meal. paul do you want to take well, our I, question from... Why do you want to... Why would you want to... And that's a different conversation. I was going to say, why would you want to be a more spiritual person? As long as you know right from wrong in very, very definitive manners, it doesn't matter if there's no spiritual entity attached to anything, surely. No, I don't mean... Uh, I, don't, I think that... Um, yeah. this is, You're right, this is another podcast, so very, very briefly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just a little, a little bit of an insight into my psyche, I guess. Um, I am a very pragmatic person. I'm, I am an atheist. I don't believe in an afterlife. I don't believe in a deity of any kind. Um, but I would love to have the peace that I see other people get through spiritual, through spirituality. And it's not that I, you know, I don't okay. necessarily, I don't need, I don't think that I need to conform to a particular sector or religion. Yeah. Some um, pigeonhole. Yeah. But I would like some of that, I would like the ability, like my mother's a very spiritual person. I would love to be able to make that leap. That's it. Then we're going to become Jedi's. You already it's are. Official. You already are. It's official. Church of the Jedi. I signed you guys up to that many, many moons ago. Let's get, let's get to this um, email from Qui-Gon Reese. Paul, do you yes, want to sir. take this one? Go for it. Yeah, no worries. Right. Hey guys. Sorry. Swallowing. Uh, another fabulous show last week. Um, I wasn't actually there, but you're more than welcome, sir. Appreciate all the kind words, especially the comparison to Keegan. He's my favourite Jedi. Uh, probably mine too, actually, sir. I'm sincerely honoured to be part of a very, uh, part of the uh, part of the show, a small part of the show. I beg your pardon. You're a big part this of the show, Rhys. Yeah, to be honest, it's a name we regularly see popping up. Uh, this will be the last point I want to make on the discussion we've been having on the Ray stroke balance prophecy theory. My theory is 100% based on the saga films ending at some point in the near future, either episodes 9 or 12, but we're not, I'm not going to go beyond that yet. And the fact that this is, you know, Hollywood we're talking about at the end of the day. We know that Hollywood loves a happy ending. And if the saga films are going to end after only a handful more films, I see them ending based on some iteration of my theory of Ray being the true chosen one, bringing balance, stroke peace to the Force, stroke galaxy, and everyone living happily ever after. If Lucasfilm announces at some point that they're going to continue the saga films indefinitely, or to a much higher number at least, I think my theory will hold less and less weight, and I'd be open to more possibilities. However, until then... 
right? Not turning dark and saving the galaxy is my story, and I'm sticking to it. You do that, sir. <laughs> Thanks again for continuing to produce the best podcast around, being the nicest chaps in podcasting, and for not letting me ramble on. Well, <laughs> I can keep adding sentences to the, if you want, Reese, no problem at all, but I will stop there. Okay. Cheers, Reese. You're more than welcome, sir. Um, we've had several chit chats about this, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that just um, to point out something in what Reese has written there, um, I really, got a point. I really like Reese's the way Reese looks at these things, and every time he writes something, it wins me over. But I must just, must just point something out. He thinks the saga will end with Ray turning out to be oh. the true chosen one, but he also thinks that Ray won't turn to the turn to the dark side. Now, at this point, with all the information we've got to go on, we accept that Vader is the chosen one. That he was the subject of the prophecy, yeah, and he really went to the dark side. I mean, he went in, he went to the dark side and then some in a way that Kylo couldn't even dream of. And we're all saying now Kylo can never come back because he killed Harm. What Anakin did was considerably worse, and he came back and was all like, "Yay!" So I suspect that Reese can have his cake and eat it here. Like Ray can go to the dark side, which I suspect she will, and that will lend this trilogy of films from weight but she can come back and reveal herself as the chosen one and bring balance and have that happy ending exactly what Anakin's story was and it, I go back I to what I said a couple of weeks mm. ago she's either mm. going to tell Luke's story or she's going to tell Anakin's story and one will end with her going to the dark side I, I still think it's Luke I, I, I've always felt it's Luke I think I, I can't think of another reason any reason why it wouldn't be I mean Anakin is Luke's father so you know, although they said you're the one who's going to bring balance to the force, they, you know, uh, Obi-Wan didn't know he was going to have children. And in, in turn, they wouldn't be around without Anakin. Mm. So it's Luke. And unless Ray's Luke's child, it's still Luke. Unless he's got another child, which we haven't found out about yet. And maybe Ray will turn bad. He and has that a child wife in the canon, doesn't he? He does. It's Mara Jade. And I'm pretty sure they're going to keep her out of canon for the time being because it it will bring it brings too much baggage with it. You ever see the films or read the comics, uh, Constantine, which was um, you know what was it called, Hellblazer? Oh in, yeah, in its original thing. Uh, there was a guy in that called Nightshade. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. I'm not familiar with that character. The, the actor. Do you know Jimon Hunso? Jimon yes, Hunso, yeah, the yeah, actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays Nightshade. Nightshade, well, basically, it is basically Satan versus God. It's, you know, God is real and angels are real and so on and so forth. They're walking around the streets of Manhattan and so on. But Nightshade is the epitome of neutral. Okay. And they all go to him and he basically runs sort of the gate between upstairs and downstairs and they go to him for advice. And when they say, you've got, you got to help us, he's like, I don't help anybody. I'm left alone. Downstairs leaves me alone and upstairs. I'd love Ray to really be the balance because she's neutral. Ah, okay. Now, this we had recently. Somebody left us this message. I don't know if that isolates her as a character. Well, is, isn't the would. only way you can balance the Force, then? Because there's always going to be one more Jedi or one more Sith, whatever you want to call them. Isn't the only way you could ever balance the Force to get rid of them all? Um, possibly, unless you had somebody... <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless you, that, I mean that's, what, that's a valid read, isn't it? That it may be balance is to just eradicate the whole thing. Um and maybe they are maybe the Sith and the and the Jedi are the are viruses that are and they are a means to that end. Um but I think what's more likely is that 
the the for, I don't know, I'm just spitballing, but maybe the force is imbalanced because you've got too many people pushing their own agenda on each side. So you've got the Sith trying to manipulate the force, which on its own, in and of well, itself, they right, don't they? might be just this nebulous thing. And then the Sith get hold of it and they manipulate it and they work out all these techniques to use it for evil. And then you've got the Jedi that pushed their dogmatic views on it and they manipulated it and they're trying to use it for good. But when they're using it for good, they're not completely good. Um, like we see some arrogance in there, don't we, from people like Mace and even Obi-Wan at some point when he says that, Tell me we haven't picked up another pathetic life form. Yeah. That's yeah. not very spiritual. Very open, is it? <laughs> um, but maybe the goal of balance. And he's actually talking about Anakin and stuff. Yeah. Uh, there could be something to what Steve, Steve said, actually, because there's still the opportunity for Luke to reveal himself as this grey Jedi. And by grey, I mean perhaps he's this nexus in the Force where light and dark meet completely. And maybe he doesn't have any agenda. Maybe he's not using... Maybe that's why he's on Arc 2, because yeah, he's exactly. not using it. The Force is in and around him and doing stuff. He certainly looks quite him. inert at the moment, doesn't he? Yeah, and that's maybe that's what true balance he's is. He's pH neutral. Yeah, mm. and now he's going to... Everything's going to be knocked out of whack because Kylo's rocked up and he's got Snoke behind him and he's using the Force or he's, you know... He's, I have to say, he's bringing for- this darkness back. Big time, but I got to say, for those few seconds, I think the guy deserves an Oscar because that look is either I'm on the dark side and you're the last thing I want to see right now, yeah. or I'm on the light side and you're the last thing I want to see right now, yeah. or I'm right in the middle and you're the last thing I want to see right now. Could that be the look on his face, Paul? <laughs> is that that look on his face? Could it be? I finally, I finally reached. My, He's Nirvana. Yes, Nirvana, exactly. Yes. Finally reached like, the goal. Oh my I'm here, I'm, I'm at one with the force. I'm not doing anything. Yeah. But now she's rocked up and said, look, I've brought this thing to you. You've got to come back to the fight. So then automatically, because so, the dark side's come back, he gets pushed over to the light and then there's no balance. Perhaps the, it can possibly mm-hmm. exist within a group of people because like we've seen on Arc 2 there's all those little beehive huts so it suggests that there's a colony of people that once lived there and they were perhaps all at one with the force and it was a this perfect nexus where no one was using it to push any agenda no one, nobody was using it for defence nobody was using it for attack they were just being they were just that one mm. with the force which um, I mean if he's standing on that island all day long that's all he's doing too and maybe Ray's rocked up and this is one this is one Valid way this could play out, right? Ray's rocked up and said, "Look, I need you to come back into the game because we've got this dark. We've got to go and kick this dark thing's ass, and then you can come back here and get your kumbaya back on with the force." <laughs> what if we lose Luke in this trilogy, and she then has to exile herself to, if not Ark to something like Ark to or something like Yoda on Dagobah, and that's where she becomes the nexus for the force. She becomes at one with it. The darkness is gone. And that's balance. Mm. Possibility, right? Mm. Big time. Luke's face gave nothing away. No, and very, it, very enigmatic it did performance. Everything. Seriously, it's one, fa- it's one of my favourite looks ever. <laughs> it said so much. And do you know what? I'm willing to bet now, dollars to donuts, the first 15 minutes of episode eight, we that look gets new context. And then we, then we understand fully what that was. Either that, or he was wetting himself. It, that kind of, it could have been that. There is there a video a out there with relief. that. You put, they get that sound effect on there, and it does change your read of it completely. Is it, does it really? Is there really a yeah, video? Yeah, there is. Oh yeah, on YouTube. Oh my god! I'm going to look at that right now. All right, we've got a quick. I've got a text from Open All Hours Pod. 
at uh, sorry, Open All Powers uh, Pod, Open All Powers on Twitter. Um, they said at Talk Star Wars. If you had a choice of character from the prequels to have their own solo movie, spin-off, or origin story, who would it be? Is there a choice? Ooh. Are we just pulling out the pulling no, out the dark? No, here? just pull out the dark. Any anybody give from Give me the question. Give me the question again. If you had a choice of character yeah. from the prequels to have their own solo movie, spin-off, or origin story, who would it be? I don't even have to say. I know. No, we know. Who people is. already know. And it's looking like. All right, Mark, 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 Mark. I want. I want you to go on a different path. Then. Really? You've got to you, choose someone yeah. else. You taking you that have, option away you, from me? No, okay. you've got. Yes, you've got to have something to think about because <laughs> I'm okay. scuffed. <laughs> Mine's Jar Jar because I'd love to see him in another film. No. I can hear. Steve, got that noise was a mind. bunch of people hitting stop. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, it was. No, and, they, uh, and it's just Monday. Yeah. <laughs> God, there's so few people I like in that whole si- um, three series. Um, three all right, if, I, thing. if I'm not allowed the obvious one, if I'm not allowed, then it's to go that way. No, I'd like to. No, this is prequels, right? Um, a character from the prequels to have their own solo movie spin-off or origin story. Yeah, isn't Kai Gon Jin in the prequels? Only, only oh, sorry if it's a Kylo movie. No, no, no. Kai, I, I always never get his name right. Is it Kai Gon Jin Qui- or Qui Gon? I, I wouldn't be against that, but I, when Paul took my only option away from me, I, I. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I thought maybe Padme. See... Young Padme, mm. how she got into politics. Nah, yeah, but she's, she's not just, got any force nah, she's, sensitivity. She's just going to be a pampered, not pampered, but she's going to be a pushed around princess being told to do what she's got to do, like any other bloody royal yeah, in the world. Maybe so. she isn't. Yeah, no, but she is, though, isn't she? But wouldn't that be uh, an exciting reveal? Uh, just, but you pushed no, this because you wouldn't let me have Obi-Wan. This is your fault. Trilogy. You no, did this to yourself. I could do a trilogy, no problem at all. You know that, but... I don't know, Water. Water. <laughs> Kitster. We need to work Kitster into every episode. I like that. I like that little character. R2 and 3PO. Three, no, there. That's that's perfect. Well, we kind of get 3PO's origin, don't we? R2. Yeah. But... Was he really just a little droid on that? He's basically just a toolbox, isn't he? He's, he's like a, a snap-on tool He's chest. an overweight glob of grease. And I think we owe it to Kenny. There you go. There you go. Right, that's it. Job done. There you go. Open all powers. We all want to see uh, an R2-D2 movie dedicated to Kenny. R5-D4 movie. Perfection. <laughs> no, not him. He had a bad I motivator. Tell you what I'd like. I'd like a, a Jawa special. 
Would you? Some of my, yeah, seriously, some of my favourite, favourite stuff from Star Wars, and I don't call it New Hope because it's called bloody Star Wars. <laughs> it's just the sand crawler, the Jawas, yeah, inside great. the crawler. The music, that whole feeling for like 20 minutes was unbelievably captivating. I loved it, seriously. What's the Star Wars show this week? Because there's a there's a chip on there. Uh, his name's escaping me. He's from he's a US TV host, but he's from South Africa originally, and he speaks. Um, oh God, this is terrible. The Zulu Nation's language. I forget what it is. I apologise. Um, I thought they just put Afrikaans or something. No, no. it's um, it's it begin with B. Oh, isn't it? Oh, I'll get it in a minute. Someone Google it. Um, yeah. yeah, he speaks that language, and apparently that's what all the Jawas speak. So blub, he, blub. when he the, listened to the when he listened to the film soundtrack, he knows what they're talking about, and he said it made Star Wars a completely different experience for him. <laughs> he should do a subtitles section for us. But yeah, we should. Yeah, I don't think we'll get him to do it. Actually, he's, so he's, do they actually have window cleaners in whatever country this is? Houdini! Here comes the window cleaner. <laughs> that is what they say. That is right. what they say. We uh, we are introducing a new thing this week, um, courtesy of. Uh, a fine listener and a very talented musician named Carlos Candido. Uh, he does the outro music for Tumbling Saber and it's absolutely blinding. I, I really love this guy. He's very talented. Um, well, he very generously sent us a whole bunch of CDs from Canada. Just because I made a comment that I loved what he did, he sent us a ton of his music. Seriously? Um, seriously, yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start giving away to Question of the Week people so whoever writes what i choose as question of the week and it's usually something that makes me smile and brightens my day i'm going to send uh, one of carlos's eps to them um so this week's question of the week goes to our good friend ads who sent in this hey another question for what for whenever um with rogue one being rated as a pg-13 and considered um None of the previous uh, none of the previous Star Wars films have ever been more than a twelve, with most being a U certification. That's UK certification. So I'm sorry if that's confusing to anyone else. Uh, do you think or want a future standalone Star Wars film to ever be classed as a fifteen or an eighteen? From ads, curious face, smiley face. I love to read emoticons. Um, so do you think we could ever get an, a more adult adult themed? Star Wars Well, movie. I really hoped when we saw the sneak peek of Rogue One, it would be. Just the darkness, yeah. the screaming, and I thought this is going to be gritty. Mm-hmm. Now, admittedly, I'm still very, very excited. Everyone knows that. But it does look a lot lighter. But that hasn't really disappointed me. But I still, the idea of them doing, you know, almost like a Kelly's Hero sort of yeah. Force 10 from Navarone version of that kind of thing would be kind of cool. Three hundred. I'd, I'd <laughs> love to see an. I'm with Paul. I'd love to see an older classification, but it's never going to happen with Disney owning it and wanting to get it out there to as many people and make as much money. Yeah, it's I think. Never I think it would be problematic to do it in the cinema because you're immediately you're telling a large section of your audience they can't come in and watch this thing. But I definitely think there's room for a more adult themed. Um, Star Wars story and that might belong on TV um, I know ABC is it ABC that are developing something at the moment or yeah. they're trying to develop something I think it's based on Lucas's um, scripts for the live action show which may or may not have been connected to the video game 1313 I suspect that that might be a little bit more adult a bit Do like Padme does Coruscant you, well hopefully she wouldn't because 
I, w- I wouldn't love her anymore. Um, but you look at the way Marvel have these movies, and the movies do fluctuate, fluctuate wildly in their tone. But you got a very you got Family Fair there, and you just look at Ant Man that kind of thing. And then you go to Netflix, and you've got Daredevil. They exist yeah, in yeah. the same place. They're in the they same do. frame. Um, but one is very much aimed at a different audience. I could see... The Daredevil tone would be beautiful, actually. Wouldn't that be good? And I would like to see the bounty hunters explored in that way. Oh, yeah, of course, man. Because then the gloves can come off, can't they? But not that that Fett chap, because I'm so over him, it's not Fett. No, not Fett. I mean, if you put Fett in there, that's all it's going to be, isn't it? And then you'll struggle to use him on the big screen then. Who's the guy with all the bandages around his head, the big guy? Dengar. He's good. Dengar, Bosk, IG88, Zucris, Forlong. Doing a dirty dozen. I bit, we did this as well. Yeah. We did them guys doing the dirty dozen. Doing bunch of them. The, the, the thing is, all of the bad stuff is insinuated in the in the the young classifications anyway. So it wouldn't wouldn't it wouldn't be that it didn't fit. It's just it would uh, elaborate on what you yeah. already know. But look at yeah, what but... George did to A New Hope when he changed. Uh, Han shooting first. You wouldn't have to worry uh, about that if you had a Daredevil themed. No, just get on with it. Look yeah. at what they're doing now. They're, they're making a Punisher TV show on Netflix because John Bernthal's character in Daredevil season two was so powerful and so widely accepted. Now that guy is a villain, and most of the TV shows that we're seeing and enjoying these days have anti-hero, an anti-hero at the centre mm-hmm. of them. Everything from Breaking Bad through Mad Men. You name it. That all of these guys, they are, they live squarely in the grey. And now on the big screen, our heroes in Star Wars are all wearing the white hats, right? They're very clear-cut heroes. Um, what I'd like to see in a, in a more adult-themed Star Wars film or TV show would be something where you can muddy that water a little bit. So tell me a bounty hunter story. Show me that, show me that crew of bounty hunters that stood on the bridge of the... Um, Star Destroyer in Empire Strikes Back, but throw a human in the mix so, and set it all before Empire Strikes Back. So by the time we get to Empire Strikes Back, I'm thinking, what happened to that guy? Where is that, uh, where is that lead character? Make that lead character a female. Give us something unusual mm. and show us the depth, show us the underworld, show us the, the villains of the piece, the hearts. Could, I mean, it's like, the, you know, you've got uh, on the Death Star with the, the mind probe, the door shuts, and on Empire, hands sort of elevated forwards towards the torture thing and then you know the, we get the blend up don't we sort of thing yeah um situations where that doesn't necessarily i'm not being sadomasochistic or anything like that but situations where that doesn't necessarily need to be Cut. stopped at that point yeah if you know it's become fashionable and totally acceptable now for the tarantinos of the world to throw this stuff at us it, in a side in a science fiction setup like that that'd be quite cool well they're gonna go there on hbo with westworld and that's the kind of thing. It doesn't need to be graphic, but there needs to be, you know, you can lean on the peril a little bit more and push those characters a little bit more to the edge. Don't need to see blood and guts, but it's the peril, oh. isn't it, that really I saw a teaser it. for that recently or something. Looks for good. It, Looks it good. did look really good. Sky Atlantic, Steve. That's where yeah, it's coming this fooey. autumn. The original movie was superb. Your Brenner. Yeah, it was beautiful. Right, we've got one the more. King and I. We've got one more email. Steve, do you want to take this one and then we're going to go to a quick break? Yeah, this is from Carl from Tumbling Saver. Uh, assuming Ray and Finn do indeed meet again, what will be the circumstances of that meeting? A happy reunion or one friend watching the other on her tragic slide to the dark side? He's not letting it go, is he? <laughs> Something else entirely? Question mark. Enjoy looking forward to the next episode, Kyle. Breakdown How would Ray and Finn meet? 
Yeah. Mm. Well, I don't. I mean, will they just? Will it be incidental, or will they have to make a thing of it? Maybe they're always in contact from this point. Could be. I think it's more likely to follow the blueprint laid out by Han and Luke's relationship. Yeah, they're just going to be sort kind of barely on there. screen. Mm. Because they need to make that team again, don't they? The one thing about Star Wars was it was Chewie, it was Han, it was Leia and Luke. And the two droids, I mean, that was all, they, that was the whole thing about it, wasn't mm. it? It was a group mm. of people, you knew that none of them were going to die. But they God. don't share the screen much. No, after, after no but you know Wars, their family. Yeah, like Luke sees Han, what, once in the hangar? Well, he sees him once in the hospital and then once in the hangar and then that's it. They don't see each other again until Jedi. And then they only see each other at the start of Jedi when he's rescued him, and then they see each other briefly on the Battle of Endor. So it's not like they're in the films together much, really, are they? I think we're going to find that Finn has a much stronger relationship yeah, have, with Dameron. They will have Force Book. They can contact each other on there. Force Book. That's genius. Yeah. Immediately make that a thing. <laughs> oh, God, we need to do that. <laughs> there you go, Kyle. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna connect through Force Book. <laughs> We need to right. Like you heard right. it first. Someone get the URL. Ours. I'm gonna I'm <laughs> gonna boot up a page on Squarespace. You, you know someone's bought that domain already. <laughs> oh, if they haven't, if they, I'm gonna go. I'm googling it now. All We've right. got a few days before the podcast comes out to make it happen. Let's get it done. <laughs> right, we're gonna go to a quick break. We're gonna hear that from the guys. That may well at, make you rich. Yeah, we're gonna hear from the guys at Tumbling Saber, and then when we come back, we'll jump over to Connor's corner. Hey, James and Corey, what's your post Star Wars chat routine? I like to lie back on my bed and look up at the stars and remember the good old days when I had a roof. To be perfectly honest, Kyle, I usually sit there and stare at the floor for a good 15 minutes before I either pass out on the spot or stagger to bed with a lit smoke. Yow. Yikes. Well, guys, the science is in, and it tells us that doubling down on Star Wars talk has many healthy benefits, like a broader view, a more serious mind, and a possible increase in your midi-chlorian count. So once you're done listening to the fine gents on Talk Star Wars, you should check out the Tumbling Saber podcast. It's our great white northern take boot the galaxy far, far away. Take off, eh, you hoser? Sorry, man. The fact is that Tumbling Saber isn't just idle speculation. At Tumbling Saber, we go deep, man. We provoke thought and conversation. We move the needle. So check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. We're also active on Twitter. I'm Chop Rules, me, with a Z. Uh, Corey, I think it's a Z. I'm at Tumbling Saber on Twitter, by the way. Isn't Zed dead? I'm pretty sure the cool kids hang out on Instagram and Facebook. The kids are done with Facebook and Instagram, but you can find us there anyway. But that's not all. Star Wars can drive even the sanest person mad with endless speculation. So join us as we ponder over the thousands of possible rabbit holes to travel down. We love listener input on the Tumbling Saber podcast. So if there's anything you want to get off your chest, come lay your nagging questions and crazy theories at our feet. Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs. I thought this was a Star Wars podcast? Dude! We're giving away one million Canadian dollars to the first person who gets the reference. Uh, you better find out how many British pounds that's worth. You shut your mouth over there. And we're back. Okay, uh, we're going over to Connor's Corner now, featuring Leo. Uh, sorry, Mark, invite me in. Who's Leo? <laughs> Leo is Connor's son. Ah, right, yeah, because didn't we celebrate his birthday just a little while We did, ago just, well? just a couple of weeks right. ago, yeah. I thought so. Okay, beg your pardon. Okay. Uh, anyway, back to Connor's Corner. So, good day, gents. <clears throat> Just starting off this uh, week's email with a thank you for a great episode seven commentary uh, track over to the VIPs. Uh, that was good fun. That we're was good fun. and, and <laughs> we're, uh, we're we're, along. We've had some really good feedback from that. I'm looking forward to doing the next one. 
Yeah. Oh, well, that's another story sort of situation. But yeah, dead excited. Yeah, very uh, It's been a slow week in the Star Wars universe, and I'm sure you'll agree. Indeed. Which I'm sure is the intent of Disney, giving us fans to time to take uh, in the new Rogue One trailer, which, as we heard in last week's show, you really enjoyed. The breakdown was superb, and it got me even more hyped for this film. Anyway, a couple of short points. Well, me and Leo, that is. We got talking about this, and we with me typing again thought we'd ask this to you we thought we'd ask you guys this question or two do you think we'll see clones in the movie ooh mm, let's we'll rewind in a minute should we cover them all first yeah 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 yeah, yeah? okay right do you see do you think we'll see clones in the movie number one as the trailer suggests the empire is making the presence felt all the way across the galaxy even though saw says the world is coming undone why not galaxy uh Hang on a minute. The Empire's making its presence felt across yeah, the galaxy. That's the oh, source line. Oh, he didn't line. say galaxy. I see what you mean. Yeah, he didn't yeah. say galaxy. Again, that's an interesting point. Surely the Empire could not have recruited the numbers it needs to take up this galactic military presence so quickly, never mind the sheer numbers of people working on each project as well. Or are they using POWs from the systems that they've occupied? All these new types of troopers could be some clones resuited and left the republic surely they'll still have access to the cloning facilities uh, you know back in camino uh, next thing again uh, about rogue one will we see palpatine in this film these are quite tasty aren't they They're great great you can always count on connor man he's um, got an amazing al- mind bearing in mind the timeline i'm i'm almost convinced most troopers are clones surely still yeah well wasn't we... it was it a given in star wars for me it was a to me, it was a given. There is a Even solid. We saw Camino. When I saw Star Wars back in 1977, for crying out loud, mm. that the troopers were clones. Yeah, there is a more. There is a quite a solid answer to that. But there's just another little bit of Connor's email. Oh, was it down after, there? After the Palpatine. Oh, beg your pardon. I'm on the bottom. Ah, sorry. Ah, hang on a minute. Right. Next thing. Uh, again, about Road 1. Will we see Palpatine in this film, or will he just be referenced like... Is that Epif? Or episode 4? Episode 4, yeah. <laughs> Epif. I, I, I thought that was a beat yeah. or a person. Oh. Uh, it's I just that we've seen... the right time, then. Yeah. <laughs> you did. It's just that we've seen the cast of the movie for this, and there's been no mention of Ian McDermott. But then again, we all thought Finn was a Jedi. And Disney are very good at plugging leaks about Star Wars films. This leads to all kinds of talk, uh, juicy talk, talk Star Wars theories that we all love. Anyway, I went on long enough, and I look forward to hearing your thoughts, and Mr. Beggars, of course. We're, that's a couple of weeks away, I guarantee it, yeah. on all these topics. Uh, lots of love. Connor and Leo, may the horse be with you. Sent by Holocron. Yeah, oh, thanks, Connor. It's would be nice. Amazing, these amazing are, questions. These are really groovy. So two, um, we've broken it down to two points then, Paul, right? Yeah. Will we see clones in Rogue One? We won't see them. <laughs> They'll be wearing whites. No, they won't be mentioned because it's too prequely. Okay, that's one. That's a valid read. There's also. I think, um, like Paul's right, they'll be. They are clones, so everyone knows they're clones in Stormtrooper outfits. But they, 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 they won't. At this they, point, they won't go there. George has said that um, the Empire was pretty much made up of conscripts and relatives of hierarchy. That nepotism was rife within the empire. It's kind of suggesting that the clones are gone. Oh, okay. And that these people are all just people drafted into serving the empire. Now, at the time of Rogue One, 
um, it's a similar time frame to the TV show Rebels, and we do see people being trained as stormtroopers in a couple of episodes of Rebels. Kids being trained as stormtroopers, much like Finn was trained as a stormtrooper later on by the First Order. So I I suspect that what Palpatine would have done after Order 66 and the clones had served, served their purposes, he would have had them all eradicated. Mm-hmm. And then replace them all yeah, with so, more reliable, yeah. weak-minded, feeble people that aren't trained killers and aren't aren't the perfect blueprint of Django Fett. Who was I mean, a they're kind of formidable anyway, aren't they? In the way they um, indoctrinate them, the condition. In a way, they are. But these are less. You know, they, we all joke that stormtroopers couldn't hit the side of a barn or couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. They're terrible shots, but that's probably by design for Palpatine they're cannon fodder when they go into um, battle but really the thing doing the fighting are the ships the walkers the tanks the little scouts it's not really the troops anymore is it look how many times in the original trilogy did we see um, those Vietnam style war scenes that we saw in episode 2 that was what they Mm. had at their disposal then wasn't it an infantry and and now mm. we've got our ships and cannons and super weapons, great big star destroyers and whatever. It's not really about the personnel anymore. I think Palpatine would have jettisoned them. I'm sure there's a canon answer for this, and Rob would know it. Um, and maybe the guys at Tumbling Sable would know because there's probably some answers in Rebels as well because there are three surviving clones in Rebels. He's probably screaming at the... Uh... He's probably screaming yeah, at his I, podcast now. You can't do anything yeah. about it. You didn't show up, so yeah, you got nothing. Lose, you, lose, you can't Rob. say nothing. Oh, what about got, the second I'm point? On, um, oh, sorry, I'm, on a, I'm just on a Star Wars wiki of sorts. Okay. It basically says, after the Camino uprising, the Emperor decided that an army of genetically identical soldiers was too susceptible to corruption. Future troopers would be cloned from a variety of templates. Ah, that's interesting. Through the, through the 501 the first 501st. itself remains pure. Mm. Gradually, the rest of the Imperial Army became more and more diverse. We never really got used to the new guys, and that was from a reclined clone trooper. <laughs> ah, that's interesting. So, I, I, seriously, when I was a kid, it was just a given that the stormtroopers were clones. Yeah, because it's that, because of the mention of the Clone Wars, and because all the stormtroopers looked identical. Well, <laughs> it's funny, that. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, that's hmm. an interesting question. What about the second point? Will we see Palpatine? Uh, I don't care to. I'd you might love see to. Him. No, I think you'll only see him in a holographic state. Yeah, that's that's. I'm betting that's how we see him as well. And the subject I mean, of this week's Twitter poll grew out of this could, question. Could there be like a secret sort of a bit of acting going on with him at Dermot? Yeah, definitely. Of course, they could. Yeah, and I think he'd do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, because he would like to, well, I mean, not in seven, is he? But he would like to know he's in, you know, at least six of the films. <laughs> yeah, I think he would, um, I think he would do it. I've no I've no doubt that he would do that. Well, that would be a real turn up for the books, wouldn't it? Yeah. And he's going to be mentioned. He will definitely be mentioned. Yeah, it? absolutely. Yeah, because um, Krennic is trying to get in his good graces. That's Krennic's... Uh, master plan he's trying to weasel his way in to become the emperor's right hand man yeah uh, was he mentioned at all in, in our new hope no 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 he wasn't no. so he's no. six then he's been if, he, if he's mentioned in this one he's been mentioned in six films. He, no he is sorry 
You mean um, Palpatine? Yes, he was. Was he? Yeah, they they say the emperors dissolved the, the um, imperial senate. No, you don't see him. You, no, he, no, no, no. he is mentioned. Oh, okay, he is mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Cushing. That's kind, that's kind of cool because normally A New Hope, being a standalone film at the time, everything was kind of yeah. Uh, it's like, oops, we shouldn't have said that. Then we've ruined it. Like when um, Obi Wan says, you know, your father was murdered by. Yeah, but Alec, Alex's performance pays that off as being a lie. The biggest thing, though, about the retcon in, in that is the job of the hut in Docking Bay 94, but that was a misstep. If they'd have mm. left that on the cutting room floor, we wouldn't have a problem. But I'm willing to bet that we do see Palpatine. That'd be cool. I, I hope so. Mm. Okay. That's a great... Connor, you've outdone yourself this week. Thank you very much. You've outdone yourself. Thank you I very much. I apologise for leaving off the last lines before I got excited yeah. about clones. Yeah, you did get very excited about clients, right? They do. Should we do? Um, let's do the Twitter, the Twitter polls now, and then we will go to mm-hmm. our last break. And when we come back, there's a couple of bits of Star Wars news, and then we'll get out of here. Um, last week we ran a Twitter poll, which was shaped thusly: um, Who is the subject of the Jedi prophecy in Star Wars? And you had four options: Was it Anakin Skywalker, Luke Skywalker, Ray, or Kitster? Obviously, there's only really three options in there. Um, what do you guys think? What's your take on that? Luke. You think you think Luke, Steve, yeah? Mm-hmm. In Star Wars? In the Star Wars saga. Yeah, I do. Uh, you're talking about the entire Star Wars saga? Yep. Who was the uh, subject the of that Jedi one. prophecy, the chosen one? Anakin. Anakin, yeah. Well, 55% of the people that took part in the poll agree with you. Um, Luke only got 18% or 22% of people think that Ray was actually a uh, well, she would have to be related to Anakin to do that not necessarily I mean but by, I guess if she's a descendant of the force the way he is then that is a relation I guess um, no that's pretty cool 55% of the people that, Rob tells me there is a canon answer I'm not so sure all these things can be retconned uh this tweet didn't travel quite as far as previous weeks. 1,264 impressions, uh, 98 total engagements, 65 people voted, 55% of them said Anakin Skywalker. So are we ready for this week's? Yeah, go for it. Okay, let me just I'm get all, My to, finger is already hovering. Your finger is hovering. Right, here we go then. So this is yeah, this grew out of um, something we were talking about earlier. So... This week's question is, might we see some familiar Imperial faces in Star Wars Rogue One? Who would you like to see again? So the idea is we'll see Invader. This is before A New Hope. I'm thinking that we could possibly see some of the Imperial officers that we saw scattered through the original trilogy. So who would you like to see again? Admiral Ozzel, Captain Piet, General Veers or Admiral Motti? Admiral Motti didn't make who's it Admiral, out of... Who's the second one, Mark? I know that name. Captain Piet was the guy who was in Empire Strikes Back. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
yeah. and when Admiral Ozzel gets force choked, you know, the crushy thing, yeah. um, Ozzel dies right next to Captain Peer, and Vader immediately promotes, promotes yeah. um, Captain Peer. Yeah. the drawn man with a, with a bit of a spooky look, but he seems to get... Isn't he, look, isn't he looking at him in the side of his eye like as he's going down, like... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did you just swear, Stephen? I might have said the um, SH1 Tango word. All right. Time code. Time code. I've got Drop a little. I've got a little abbreviation. It just it's Stephen, and that means someone swore. Um, okay. <laughs> so you got four choices. This is going live for six days and twenty three hours. Now it is on the site and pinned to the profile. Have your say, peeps. Who do you want to see mm-hmm. in them all one? I'm that useless at Star Wars. I'm it's not there them yet. It's there now. I'm looking. It needs to be there. Refresh. What okay. turn over? Right, okay, while you two cast your votes, we are going to go to our last break and we're going to hear from the guys at Generation X-Wing and then we'll come back and we'll listen to or we'll talk about some Star Wars news. There are a lot of great Star Wars podcasts out there, including... Insert your name here. But we at the Generation X-Wing podcast discuss things in a unique way. Ah, so happy, I can't even... Feel my arms! Generation X-Wing podcast takes a look back at pop culture that defines our generation. Look, sir, droids. From movies? I think I read somewhere that Kurt Russell thought that, you know, this is really like Indiana Jones. But to me, watching it just fresh today, it was he was really Han Solo. To TV. The Nova to... Scotia show What's we one? could bring up. What is that? Trailer Park Boys. Oh, okay. It's not Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> you know what? I think that's a whole episode. It is. I'm just going to yeah. say it's okay. very Canadian. Okay. And yeah. I love it to death. So does Anil. From collecting. Silent Mike is back. Silent Mike is back with batteries. 1970. Oh, and, and he just dropped it on Wayne Gretzky's rookie card. <laughs> 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 in that case, Ooh, good man. This better be a good Twix. And of course, we discuss our wonderful Star Wars universe. I am so thrilled today because I have been invited by the Outer Rim Garrison, the 501st. Uh, Outer and Garrison of Vancouver, BC, to walk with them in the Canada Day Parade in downtown Vancouver. So once you're done listening to these great people here at Insert Your Name Here, come over to the Generation X Wing podcast with your hosts, Anil Sharma. That is gonna be a shame. Josh Whittle. Peace. And Rob Williams. Pork chop sandwiches. It is a modern look at your retro lifestyle. Follow us on Twitter at Gen X Wing, on Facebook, on Instagram. And, of course, on our homepage at GenerationXWing.com. Okay, and we're, and we're back. We've come back with a bunch of droids, apparently. So that was the guys from Generation X-Wing. I, I recommend following them on Twitter, at Gen X-Wing, and seeking out their podcast, because it really is quite entertaining. It's not just Star Wars. There's some pop culture stuff in there as well. I think you'll... Be worth a subscribe. Um, okay, we're going to get to a couple of bits of Star Wars news, but I wanted to talk to you guys briefly before we got there about this Kenobi trailer last week. Did you see it? Uh, is yeah. it the one I sent to you? You sent it out, yeah. It's the one taken from the film, uh, the religious film, the Jesus, sort yes. of Moses film. Yeah. Was it Moses last days, I think it's Jesus, Last Days in the Desert. Yeah, it's quite clever. Yeah, is it's that what you had really bad Qui-Gon at the end. A really bad Qui Gon at the end. Did you? I, I put a piece on the site about it where I was absolutely. No to catch up. I was completely bowled over by this fan made trailer, and it is just a. It's like two minutes just cutting out the film. Two two minutes worth of footage just cut and rearranged. 
but it's fantastic. And the John Williams music is absolutely on point. The only thing they got wrong was that Qui-Gon shot at the end. That really <laughs> weakened it to, to me. Do you not think, Steve? It would have been better yeah, just... Yeah, it, it was like stuck on the... It was bad. It was just it terrible. Was, look, you can't knock it, can you? It's no, awesome. I think... Do you know what? I know what it's like. I get into creating something some, sometimes and I just over-egg the pudding a little bit because you get so involved, so engaged in it, and then you think, I can do it, but you don't stop to think whether or not you should. It's the Jurassic Park variant. Um, no, this I thing... I bet you were excited about this, weren't you? I loved it. It gave me chills. And I'll tell you what, they would have... They would have scored 100% if they'd have just dropped that wonky Qui-Gon special effect, cut to black, and had Liam Neeson just say that Obi-Wan line. Because that was really effective right at the end there. What was the, what was the line? It just said Obi-Wan. It was just Liam Neeson yeah. as Qui-Gon just saying the Obi-Wan. The voice would have been enough. Yeah, over black would have been perfect. Would have been perfect. Yeah. I mean, they were the most effective methods of any kind of Ibley biblical movie when they were talking to god i mean they've done all sorts of scenes where you've had the burning bush and everything but the most Im- the most impacting was this booming Disem- voice, in, voice in a void yeah, yeah. fantastic yeah i mean the only thing missing was you know, 12 apostles walking around really mm. that wasn't there <laughs> yeah there's a couple of shots where it was obvious that ewan was in a film about jesus but a lot of it could have been could have been cribbed straight from an obi-wan film i thought also there could have been there was a scene in it where there was um I forget the actress's name, but she's in uh, Daredevil, um, and she plays a character in the film called Mother, and she's sort of talking to Jesus or Ewan in his dream, I think. And um, I thought that would have been great if they could have got Penilla August in there as Shmi, and that would be one of the things that's haunting because you see they very cleverly cut to sort of him being haunted by the images of Padme dying and images of mm, Anakin burning. It's all very evocative, very powerful stuff. The, and the best move they could have made was to have made that woman in his room, Penilla August, because that would have been the final push. He, he never met her in the movies, I know, but it could, you know, if that was her coming to him through the Force or through visions that Anakin has had that have been printed on Obi-Wan, it would have been great. I, I loved it. I was completely sold on it. Yeah, it was good. They've got to make that movie. Right, a couple of bits of Star Wars I think, I think it's a done deal. Let's wrap up this week's podcast with a couple of bits. Um, Rogue One. So, Paul, you sent this out <laughs> yeah. this week. <laughs> yeah. Gareth Edwards. Yeah. What What do you make of that then, mate? Do you want to tell us a I little bit like about it. that? I like it. I like it. Well, people are looking into the, you know, the, the, simply the, the title of the movie, um, Rogue One. I mean, and when it came out, all of us fanboys immediately thought, okay, it's squadron related or it's yeah. project related or it's, uh, it's a, a member of a squad. It's something like that. But then um, Gareth came out and he said, well, it could, if you put the word the in front of it, you get a completely different context, don't you? Yeah. So yeah. Is it a rogue one? And this is her, yeah. I mean, where she is, she's coming across as maverick and young and exciting. She's like another version of Ray mm. in a different sort of context and time, obviously, which is kind of cool. Um, so is she a rogue one? Is she the rogue one? And so on. So I was like, ooh. And I like the idea. It makes it a bit more mischievous. Yeah, yeah. As well, because the film, we're already waiting for the film to kick ass anyway. It's hopefully going to be slightly sideways of a normal Star Wars story where it's going to be gritty and, you know, more warlike and so on. Mm-hmm. And the idea that the title is, it's got a little bit of multi direction on it. it was, I thought it was quite funky. I like it. I think he also mentioned that he might have been the rogue as well. Mm. And uh, oh, I think Empire might have sort of framed that, that he might have been the rogue 
of the title. And he also said that the film itself is kind of the rogue one in terms of Star Wars films, isn't it? It's the first one that's gone yeah. off book, gone off piece, I think is sure. the term he made. It's great stuff. I, I really like it. I think I think it will, um, as part of canon, become the origin of Rogue Squadron. It wouldn't surprise me because even in Episode Four, Rogue Squadron was still um, Red Squadron, weren't they? They're all red. They're all red call signs, weren't they? Red Two. Well, I think Luke was Red Five. We haven't heard a great deal about how the Bothans are going to be used in this film. They won't be used in this film. I don't but think they turn up until the, the second Death Star, right? That's a really. Yeah, it's uh, many Bothans died. Was is... that said in Empire? No, a that's Jedi. Jedi yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. What an idiot! Oh, I don't care about. I don't care about this anymore. So one of my one of my side bets <laughs> is that um, there may be a few survivors from this movie that will join some of the characters' live action versions of the characters from Rebels, and later on we'll get another movie set about how the Bothans get telling the story of how the Bothans get the plans to the second Death Star. Okay. Rogue Two, if you like, but mm. please call it something Rogue, that T-O-O. isn't pants. T-O-O. Yeah. T-O-O. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. T O O. Perfect. Okay. Uh, some a couple of bits of episode uh, seven news to take us out this week. Then um, John Williams. To, oh, sorry, eight. Thank you, Paul. Um, John Williams to start on the score for episode eight very soon, which means that lucky maestro gets to watch a cut of the film within the next few weeks. Of course. Is there any reason he's doing it? He said he was enchanted by Ray, didn't he? Oh, yeah. I love she that. Was, what this she guy was, she, had a, she had a certain amount of bonding, in the, in the, and the, we, he enjoyed writing oh. about her, and he wasn't going to give her up for anybody. No, ironically, right. ironically, I'm not kidding. I do not like Ray's theme. <laughs> I love it. I, I, know you, I know you're not keen on it, but I... I don't think it's got any latchment to it. It's got a little jolly, then a bit then a bit of uh, mm. nothing, then a bit more jolly, then it's sort of very did you, sort of standard thematic, but I don't think it's got any too many anchor latches in it in any shape or form. Did you listen to last month's um or August's Star Wars Oxygen Paul? No, but download I, that mate and have a yeah, little listen. On numerous occasions. Yeah, it's really the last month they talk about Ray's theme and they play an alternate version of Ray's theme. They they layer the uh, the soundtrack version, sort of recorded version. Ray or Leia? Ray. Uh, they, Ray they, they lay her theme over the film. So you can see how the the version that's on the soundtrack would fit into the film if it was left uncut and the way it changes yeah, okay. some of what we see. It's really interesting. And David oh. W. Collins is amazing, man. Tangent. Tangent. Did you see the Beastie Boys Rogue One trailer? Yes, I did, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. That was great. The guys on um, Generation X, we were talking about that this week, actually. Yeah, it was really good, that right? That was mind-blowing, and I don't care if they use it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be great, wouldn't it? Why not? There's plenty of uh, Beastie Boys references in the new That really Star Wars. would be Rogue One, wouldn't it? Is wouldn't it Fight it? for the Right to Party, I guess? No, no, no. it's Sabotage. It's Sabotage, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. It's very clever. Okay. An appropriate, an appropriate title for a track. Here, bearing in mind the scenes that we're using. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll have to go and have a look at that. Last bit of news this week. Then um, last week we learned that Ryan Johnson has started on an edit for episode eight. Saw a little picture of him with the old start frame at the head of the film, um, or the head of one of the reels. Mm. So it's all a go now. Um, I thought that was just for 
press because he's not editing, surely. No, I don't think that was him. I think that was his. I think <laughs> oh, that was his actual editor. But I, did, uh, I didn't actually look at the picture. I beg your pardon. So I mean, he'll be involved in the edit, won't he? He will be, of course. Yeah, because he, he would have made decisions whilst filming that will influence the edit, and then the edit yeah. will obviously that's going to dictate certain choices problem, that yeah. are made uh, in the in the editing suite. Um, but with the edit starting now, and we're still what sixteen or eighteen months away from release. Once they're done edit, they'll do. They'll start post production. And Williams is going to be scoring. Yeah. Is there any chance this will be released before December next year? Depends on the production, so. mate. Simple as that. Bearing in mind, it no, was slated consider, for May. What about AOD? ADR, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Analog. No, I thought it was AOD. Analog over digital, or whatever they call it. Analog over. Uh, oh, Do you anyway. mean the audio looping? Yeah. ADR, automated dialogue replacement. That'll, yeah. That'll be something they can do that right up to the last minute, really. Yeah. Okay. Um, True. It's only a couple of days per. In fact, there's not a lot they can't do up until the last minute these days with digital distribution and digital masters. Avatar's not in the way anymore, is it? Because I've moved that to 18. Yeah, so. that, this is the thing, though, isn't it? This, what a better opportunity than getting ahead of schedule on 8 than to pull the Star Wars releases back to May. And then you free up the end of the oh. year where you're going to... Otherwise, when's, Avatar and Star Wars are going to bother each other in a couple of years. When's, uh, when's yeah. Solo's film coming out? Well, it starts shooting in... Um, January. January, it comes out the following so May, but that's a May okay. release. So, so you May. will get solo slated for May. Summer to spring, possible? Yeah, and it, it, before the solo release was locked, I would have said Christmas was ideal for Star Wars because it's a fantastic time of year. And everyone, I mean, that experience last year was second to none. And this whole thing that we're doing now grew out of it. And it's the perfect placement for Star Wars, in my opinion. And I would have said that May was a no-go because you're going to start to cannibalise some of Disney's other more box office um, fare. So um, the big animated releases, the Marvel stuff, they all want to haunt that sort of period of um, spring and summer. Yeah, Marvel generally go in the hot weather, don't they? Yeah, but I mean... Star Wars is going to make money wherever you put it. It might even make more money in the summer. Uh, they might make they might not make the decision until the opening week of Rogue One. But then they're going to rob themselves of the promise. I just don't know which way this could go at the moment. And I don't know what I'd prefer. What would you... Let's, let's reframe well, there's no it. reason for them to move it, is there? There's no reason for it other than to... Bring the whole schedule forward. To bring the whole bit. schedule forward, and uh, which, which they might choose to do with Han Solo. And then episode nine might come out in May rather than Christmas. Um, because what they really don't want is an 18-month gap between films. They might be happy with a five-month or six-month gap between films. Well, but, could they be leading to uh, two films a year, one in the summer, one in the, in the winter? That's possible, but then Disney really start to cannibalise their own box office, don't they? Because they're going to be having two or three Marvel movies every year. Yeah, so but every, where do you put no them? one's going to say, oh, this is £80 for the whole year for films. Oh, I can't no. do Yeah, no, no one says that. But when, I'd rather what they, they concentrate might, on production, though. They might end up choosing, though, Steve. And people I might say, look, so. if you've got a family of three kids and you're going to go to wow. a cinema and you're looking at 100 quid before you've even bought soda pop and, and 
candy floss. No, we had this argument before, well, this conversation before. I said I didn't care for more than one film a year because, I mean, the production itself is worth it. Yeah. And you're going to get many, many, a lot of crew that may well be working, literally bouncing from set to set on both films and so on and so forth. Seriously, as soon as they're down to all of them one, they're probably getting shifted over to the other set for another yeah. six or eight months. A bit like I've Harry got Potter. No problem with, I've got no problem with them doing that. Yeah, Potter, they were overlapping mm. on units between films. So they were still yeah. finishing off, unit two was still finishing off film five, while unit three and four were already starting on film six. Mad, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's what they did with Lord of the Rings. And he said the schedule was ridiculous. And the post-production generally has masses of problems. But they, you get there, but they say, Christ, it's cutthroat. You think it's glamorous, but it's not. It's not no. at all. I wouldn't mind doing a couple of years of it, though. No, I, I, would do, <laughs> I would do all that you could throw at yeah, me. Try sitting in an office for 37 hours a put, week. Put me in that editing, editing suite. That's where I want to be. Steve, you work from home. <laughs> well, I know, but that's by the by. <laughs> Let's, re- let's reframe this question in. What would yeah, you prefer? I'm... Do you want Christmas releases for your saga yes, films? leave it be. It's fine. Yeah. Steve? Yeah, yeah I guess I'll go with that. I'm yeah. easy. That's what I want as well, Sam. You heard it I here last. I want Avatar. That's what I want. No, you don't. <laughs> this is a Star Wars podcast. Avatar. I know. I do love Star Wars, but Avatar is going to be my major, major thing. When Avatar can go and, go and owe Right. Are we, are we done for the week, gentlemen? I think we've um, covered just now. Can I leave something for the people that that perhaps aren't as down with it as you? With yeah, go the on, retcon mate. thing? Yeah. I've looked up the official description of retcon online. Retroactive continuity. And, yes. It's a, it's a verb, past tense, retconned. Uh, it means revise an aspect of a fictional work retrospectively, typically by introducing a piece of new information that imposes a different interpretation on previously described events. We know. I couldn't have said it. That's, it's a perfect de- definition of what you use all the time. And I, I, when I first heard you say it, I had to go and Google it, so I thought it might be useful for the listeners. That's good. That's good thinking. I just think that everyone's as geeky as me and they know these things, but that's great. Thanks for doing that, Steve. That's all right, mate. Informative yeah, and yes. entertaining. Okay. <laughs> well, we do try. Thank you for listening to episode 38 of Talk Star Wars this week. Um, if you'd like to support what we do here, then head over to talkstarwars.co.uk forward slash support, where you can become a TSW sponsor by giving as little as £1 a month securely via PayPal. In doing so, you will immediately qualify for VIP status and you'll be whisked away to register your email address. You'll then get access to an exclusive VIP feed with previews, news about what we're up to here at TSW, some fun downloads like wallpapers for your desktop, wallpapers for your phone, ringtones, text alerts, and now our all-new fun and exclusive audio commentaries for the Star Wars movies. Uh, Episode 7 is already out there, or The Force Awakens, as we like to call it these days. Um, Failing any of that stuff, you can help us simply by liking and sharing our posts on social networks. Give us a follow, give us a thumbs up. Subscribe on YouTube and all our other various social networks. With that said, gentlemen, where can people find you between episodes of the podcast? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and YouTube. My site's called Wild About Nature and or at Stephen with a V underscore where on Twitter. Lovely to see you there. I need to break 200 subscribers and I'm on 194. I know that's pathetic but it's hard to sell insects. I just watched a few of your videos this week, Steve, with the um, with your really big uh, bee hotel with the um, concrete in the middle. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. How, right, how yeah. on earth did you lift that up? Uh, with help. Oh, well, I thought, yeah, it'd have to be. Yeah, wouldn't it? that was, well, that weighed about 100 pounds at least. Jen, probably about 120 pounds. That <laughs> Jen one. did it on her own, yeah. He did it up on her own. It was gorgeous, but, Steve. Um, yeah, um, do you like the. Uh, I'm really, starting to do like intros and a bit of. Yeah, no, the movie video more. was great. The the hotel itself, though, I really liked, liked all the um, yeah, band saw down the band, but bamboo and all that sort of stuff. I loved it, I thought it was really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people, yeah, it's all good. You need to go and check it out. dressed when you do it, Steve. No, uh, if that's I not, that's didn't not safe. have any neighbours, I wouldn't be. I do go out in my pants a lot, yeah, and that's not trousers for those of you in America, that's underwear. <laughs> um, the big what really down in America than your briefs, front. I guess, or your. Your boxes or whatever you call your it. Clines. Yeah, if I could go naked, I would. I'd love to roll around in the in the. Uh, you should grass. just be wearing one thing, Steve. The t-shirt that says "Naked Stephen gave me this t-shirt," <laughs> which you can find from our store on our homepage. Paul, where oh, can people you. find you between uh, podcasts? You can find me on Twitter at movies at at movie score underscore, which is literally movie score underscore <laughs> because I couldn't get movie score. Oh, anyway, uh, you can find me here, usually bugging Mark on Talk Star Wars. Uh, you can find me on Twitter under the pseudonym of at John Boyega. So use that as much <laughs> as you can during the course of the next couple of weeks. Uh, and you can find me on Facebook, also at Movie Score, where I basically spread the word on anything that is sort of, let's say, more orchestrally related in the world of movie music. I don't deal with soundtracks, as I mentioned before. I'm into the world of uh, Williams and Zimmer and Shaw and Newman and co. We're going to so, need to do something about the Star Wars um, soundtracks at some point. Yeah, okay. You and I need to sit down okay. and record okay. a conversation. How do you conversation. do it all with fair use? Pardon? How do you do it all with fair use? Or are you allowed? Yeah, I'm just, all I'm doing is um, re-aggregating their, their news. It's just, it's just me uh, re-aggregating different news sites, that's all. Yeah, don't, oh, okay. don't take a saw to the branch we're sitting on, Steve. No, 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 I'm just interested in knowing, because I got ribbed in YouTube for using something longer than 30 seconds, and it was like... No, 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 I'm, I'm just re-embellishing articles. Yeah. That's all it is. But there's right. no okay. sites that do too much of it, so I made a site where if you are interested in that product, that's all I talk about. And you are linked in the show notes as well, so there'll be a link it's... in the description to the podcast, and also when you download our show notes, which are now full of links, absolutely full, chock-a-block with links, you'll find a link to pull stuff there. Uh, you can find everything I do at talkstarwars.co.uk and I'm on Twitter, at TalkStarWars. Uh, don't forget to leave us a five-star review and I'll Ron Burgundy that thing, so say what you like, as long as it's clean and as long as it's not hate-filled. Um, you do that in iTunes if you haven't done so already. Uh, check out the rest of the Star Wars Common- Commonwealth as well. Uh, Tumbling Sabre. And Generation X Wing podcasts are well worth your time. And they are at, tum- at Tumbling Saber and at Gen X Wing on Twitter. There are links in the show notes. We will see you guys next week. May the thingy be with you. Thank you. Bye now. Take care. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Oh, look. If you are the owner of this website, please contact your hosting provider. Forcebook.com. There is no forcebook.com. You can make a request then. Quick, buy it. Uh, Webmaster at forcebook.com. There isn't a forcebook.com. Oh, Mark. (laughs) Now's your time. It needs to be done. It needs to be done. Doesn't it? I'll go in with you.
Right. I, I mean, I'm already giving it to you as a as a as an idea. A freebie. It says it's taken. I'll go down. Oh, son of a bitch. Right, let's get let's get back into this because we've still got Connor's corner to do. Yeah. And um, not really a break, Steve, you do know that. Yeah. I got a <laughs> I need to go and have wee wees. Carry on. Go and have a wee wees. We'll tackle we'll tackle this and then we'll come back. All right. Yeah, that ready, right. Ready, have ready I got Paul? the knowledge to tackle this? Do you wanna do you wanna read this one? This is normally Rob's there. baby, am I allowed to inherit this? Oh, yeah, hang you on, are. I need to put you on mute. Put us on mute, we don't know who you're in. Mm-hmm. Ready He's to go? Probably gonna take us to the toilet with him. Okay to go. Paul, do you want to do the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Stay come back in. in with... And we're back, yeah? Mm-hmm. Go. 